BJ Oncology is live in Paris at ESMO 2022. We're speaking to leading experts across the field of oncology about the biggest updates being presented at the Congress. Here are our highlights from day three. First, we spoke to Professor Fabrice André about the final overall survival results of the Monarch Hair trial. Monarch Hair trial is a phase two randomized trial that tests the efficacy of a CDK46 inhibitor, abemacyclib, in patients with metastatic HER2 overexpressing, hormone receptor positive breast cancer. So the design is the standard arm is chemotherapy plus trastuzumab. And there are two experimental arms. One is trastuzumab plus abemacyclib. The other one is trastuzumab plus abemacyclib plus fluvestrol. We have previously reported that uh, there was a, a, a PFS uh, trend for improvement. And now we report the overall survival results. So what the results are telling? The results are telling that the median overall survival was 20 months in the conventional uh, arm, standard arm, and was 29, 31 months in the experimental arm. The difference is not statistically significant because uh, it's a phase two randomized trial. Nevertheless, it suggests that uh, targeting CDK46 inhibitor could be effective in patients with uh, HER2 positive, uh, hormone receptor positive, metastatic breast cancer. So the next step in this field is to test this hypothesis in a formal phase three trial and some trials are currently ongoing so we will know at the time of the release of this trial whether this could be a new standard of care. We also caught up with Professor Fred Saad about the biomarker analysis and updated results from the PROPEL trial. This year we had the opportunity to present updated results and biomarker analysis from the PROPEL phase three study. So very briefly, the PROPEL phase three study is looking at patients with first-line MCRPC um, who are allowed to have chemotherapy in the hormone-sensitive setting before coming into the study. And we took patients all comer, irregardless of biomarker status. So we obviously had the majority of patients without homologous recombinant mutations, but we had also patients that came in with HRR mutations. And as expected, about 70% had no detectable mutation, about 30% with detectable mutation. And we already presented and published the first analysis showing that we had significant improvement in RPFS in the overall group of over eight months with a risk reduction of 34%. With this uh, updated analysis, now we have longer follow-up and what we show is that uh, the RPFS is actually improved to 8.6 months. Um, but in terms of biomarkers, patients with or without detectable biomarkers have improvements in RPFS that are both below one in terms of confidence intervals. So very convincing data that patients benefit from the combination of Olaparib and Abraterone compared to a worldwide standard of care of abiraterone alone. Obviously, patients with mutations seem to have even greater benefit, but even those without mutations had a hazard ratio of 0.76, and by independent review, 
had RPFS improvements of 11 months in patients without BRCA mutations. Those with BRCA mutations had a hazard ratio of 0.23 compared to the standard of care of abiraterone alone. So very convincing data and added to that is updated overall survival analysis. When we first presented and published, we only had 28% of deaths. So we were trending in an interesting direction, but still not significant. Now with updated analysis and 40% of deaths, we now have a, a p-value of 0.11 and a hazard ratio of 0.83. So clearly showing that there is a very strong trend towards an overall survival improvement, even though the study is relatively small of only 800 patients with an active control arm. Professor Solange Peters, President of ESMO, gave us an overview of today's presidential session. Well, the highlights of the meeting, uh, I always always try to, uh, also as president, I look at the program with the scientific committee. And there's one thing we uh, choose with scrutiny, is the presidential sessions. Our level of scrutiny deals, of course, with the quality of the data, but with one definition mainly, is it has to change the practice. The practice is how you do something or how you decide not to do something. It can be negative trials sometimes, or maybe also the way you perceive, anticipate, apprehend your environment, right? But basically it has to change the way you do, the way you are and the way you do. So if you ask me about the highlights, I, the answer is go to the three presidential sessions, because all of this data has to be brought by, have to be borrowed by at home and, and used, right, as soon as possible. But yesterday at the presidential, we were able to see three abstracts which were phenomenal, wonderful. The first one was about how pollution could create cancer in never smokers. Really arguing about the mechanism, first of all, the epidemiology, why is it different from one country to the other one, depending on the pollution, and the pollution is the reason why the cancers develop. And the second thing is, what's the mechanistics, the biology behind, and the third thing is, how can we imagine to prevent that or act on that beyond, of course, the environment management that we we urgently have to deal with, right? So protection of the environment. So a wonderful abstract, creating a, an amazing, I would say, noise, an amazing impact internationally. And I liked Charlie Swanton, the way he was describing, he will probably not tell it to you when you will interview him. He had this social consideration, right? Because he was telling even if smoking is, is a way higher risk factor, maybe 15 more, 15 times more, uh, you cannot choose the level of pollution you are exposed to. And interestingly, the highest level of pollution are most of the time found in places where the poorest people live. So that's really important to keep it in mind, right? There's something to change and the diversity is a topic to keep in mind. So that's, that was a very good one. And the other two abstracts of the presidential were wonderful because they were changing paradigm. One is about rare disease, the smoid tumor with a perfectly new class of compound. And the other one is immunotherapy high level, it's melanoma. And we use T cell therapy. So you take TILS, tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, you dissect the tumor, take the lymphocytes, grow them, give chemo to the patient and refuse them and you use them as weapons as an army against the cancer and they compared it to ipilimumab in second line and it was way better than ipilimumab in terms of progression free survival and that's the first time you have randomized data 
particularly here it's produced in Europe, that shows that this still T-cell therapy, engineering T-cells, right, might be a way to uh, treat tumor in the future. We know it from hematological malignancy, you know, CAR T-cells, but it's a different strategy and it's solid tumors, it's melanoma. So this was really a, an amazing kind of new concept. That concludes our highlights from day three. Stay tuned with VJ Oncology for more coverage throughout the Congress.